making a decision in the B2B world. It's your career, it's your job, it's your personal reputation. It's such high stakes. Welcome to Tech Marketers Uncorked. Every episode, I share a glass of wine with a leader in the tech marketing field, bringing you the best B2B marketing strategies for you to make your own. Uncorking the bottle with me today is Kitty Poole. Kitty has 10 years of marketing experience across various sectors and in industries, from startups in the health and fintech spaces to leading marketing functions for some of the most recognizable brands in the world. She's now one of the leading international players in B2B technology and is responsible for the strategic planning and implementation of their global marketing brand. Her breadth of experience made her the perfect guest for this week's topic, which is all about the things that we, as B2B marketers, can learn from our B2C friends. But first, let's crack open this quite unusual, but hopefully delicious, wine. Today, we're drinking the Emiliana Organic Gran Reserva Vianir. At the end of the 1990s, the market was changing. Consumers were starting to make environmentally conscious choices towards wine. The visionaries at Emiliana began converting a conventional Chilean wine into a 100% organic and biodynamic winery with the firm objective of creating wines of the highest quality while respecting people and the environment. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, a little bit sweeter than I expected. Yeah, it's nice that it's got the it's got a fine balance between sweet and dry. So you could easily have this with uh, fish or even just on its own with some with some strawberries. <laughs> All of it sounds good. <laughs> Tell me, do you prefer white or red? You know, I'm not fussy about my wine, uh, but seeing as the weather's getting better and the sun's coming out, I'm, I think a nice glass of white is a perfect afternoon drink. I know, a glass of white in the sunshine, yeah. you know, getting yeah. the rays on your face, sitting I outside. Know. It's rare to get it, though, at the moment. It's rare to get the sunshine. <laughs> Today, we're going to be diving into kind of your journey from a B2C marketer to a B2B so, so tell me about the beginning of your career. Where did you start and what was that like? So I started off my career actually working in advertising agencies, B2C advertising agencies. It makes me sound very old, but it was the time before digital marketing had really taken off. So it was amazing working in ad agencies. My first ever job was working on Apple as my client. So that was the time when we were just launching the iPhone, which seems insane. But such a good foundation for your career because you get to work on such a broad range of clients from completely different backgrounds, completely different spaces. So you learn a lot and you pick up a lot and you really develop the love and appreciation of brand and the important role that brand had. And definitely in the world, pre-performance marketing and growth marketing and all these new terms that we talk about then, that was the focus, was on building brands, strong, solid brands that people know, recognize, and have, have space in people's minds. And of course, Apple is one of the brands that has the most recognizable branding and brand in the world. And it was in the days of Steve Jobs, who was very central to everything we did. And he was very consistent and very consistently maintained what the brand stood for, who it was for, and what it meant to people, and just focused on every detail. It was pretty wild. And they're probably one of the earlier tech companies that did really focus heavily on 
brand and pulling that out and mm. like making it not a big scary computer but something that everybody could use in their day-to-day lives yeah i mean do you remember the um mac versus pc ads you probably do because we didn't have them here in the uk because of rules of advertising but the mac versus pc and they embodied that the mac was for this kind of creative you know against the status quo type and the pc was like a boring office-based worker, et cetera. And I just thought that that was a really interesting way to do exactly what you said, which was make it more accessible for people and get people to really identify with what they're buying into. It's more than just a product. It's a way of life, I guess. So what made you transition from B2C marketing to B2B marketing? It wasn't actually a choice. Um, in all honesty. So uh, when I started working at Doddle, we were a consumer brand. And that's why I was hired for my background in B2C marketing to grow the kind of consumer facing brand, get drive awareness and get more consumers to use us essentially, and build a market because back when we started click and collect wasn't something that people were using. People wanted to get it delivered to their home, et cetera. So that was my original role. And actually, the business transitioned to being a B2B business. So it was a real step into the dark for me, moving from my background and everything I knew, which was in B2C marketing, to now managing a B2B brand and helping that B2B brand grow. I guess I found it challenging. I wouldn't say it's it's been easy, but it's definitely not as different as I would have expected being on the other side of the fence. What are what are some of those challenges? Tell me more about that. Particularly with my company, I think one of the biggest challenges we have is the size of our audience is very small. When you're going out to consumers, there's millions of them in the world. So you have a bigger base to go off. You can segment better. You can talk to people, different people in different ways. Our audience is really small and super complex in terms of stakeholders. It's not just one person you're going after. It's the whole stakeholder map. So that's being difficult. But over and above that, I think one of the big challenges that B2B marketing has is the marketing role doesn't necessarily have a seat at the table like you do in the B2C world. Marketers aren't doing a good job of marketing themselves and are often seen as secondary to sales and supporting the sales function, essentially. And then sales owns that end-to-end journey and marketing is often seen, and I'm not saying this for everyone, but often seen as just filling in the blanks and very tactical. And so that's a big job that we as marketers have is to kind of raise our prominence, help define our role, help the business understand what we do and how we can bring value. I've always thought of B2C as slightly more advanced Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to marketing. So Mm -hmm. when you look at some of the brands who are doing really experimental things, who are really like pushing the edge of what you can do with marketing, they do tend to be B2C brands, yeah. so like Pretty Little Thing being in the metaverse, Nike creating NFTs so that people can buy into the community and be a part of mm. that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think B2B brands haven't quite realized yet the value of marketing? I think it's because the, the role isn't clearly defined. In B2C, the, the CMO and the kind of function of the CMO, it all sits centralized in one function and they own the customer experience. They're involved in like the product pricing, that whole journey, creating the overall brand and what it stands for, which involves lots of different areas. What I found definitely since we've moved is that the lines between product sales and marketing and the go-to-market in a B2B organization have really blurred. Definitely product, because they're building the product. They do a lot of customer-facing work. They talk to customers more. Obviously, the sales team is talking to customers every day. So a lot of the feedback is kind of fed through 
sales teams. So there's not a clear delineation between what the role of marketing is and what the role of definitely sales is. So it makes it hard to, I guess, prove the value if you're not involved in the strategic side of things and you just are very tactical. Yeah, I think a lot of brands bring in marketing quite late as well. They'll bring in a sales team first and they may have, you know, a hundred person sales team and then only have a marketing team of, you know, two. The counterbalance of it and thinking of sales as being driven by knocking on lots of doors rather than building a brand. I think that's completely true. That's how businesses, they've been traditionally led by sales team and they thought cold outreach, we can do it. But it's not the responsibility of the business. It is the responsibility of the marketing team and the and the CMO function, I guess, to help show what value we can bring. So I can understand why it's happened. What would you say to people who are listening who are trying to prove the value of marketers in the B2B space? I mean, do you have any advice on on how you've managed to do that? It's still a work in progress for us, definitely. But it's something we have got so much better at is working together cross-functionally with our product and sales team marketing, the three of us kind of sitting together and developing go-to-market plans together. I used to report into the CRO. So if in your organization you report into a sales lead, it's always going to be difficult to pull yourself away from that sales function. So fighting to get a seat at the table is, I think, going to have the biggest impact. Having proper metrics and being able to measure and tangibly show the benefits and the returns that marketing can bring is, of course, going to be really important because then that, you know, feeds into the CFO who wants to know what am I spending and what am I getting back. And so being able to articulate that and talk about that is going to be really important. I think in a lot of B2B businesses, marketing kind of sits across different areas. So it's not centralized into one function. You have people who sit within product teams who look after marketing, you have sales enablement, etc. So they it sits quite disparately across the organization and centralizing that function is going to help do that. What about building the marketing strategy? Are there any tactics that you used in your B2C career that you still use today? Are there, or what ones have you ditched completely? I think that actually was probably one of the biggest learnings for me was that actually developing marketing strategy is the same across B2B and B2C. Firstly, because at the end of the day, you're selling to humans, so you need to understand humans. But I think developing good strategy and starting from understanding the consumer, understanding the market, where you sit within the market, creating segmentation, targeting, positioning, going through that like marketing process that's kind of been the same forever and really sticking to that and, you know, finding the balance between short and long-term brand building and and delivering on, you know, lead generation and short-term metrics. And of course, it will be different because you've got bigger organizations, there's different motivations. That's the tactical part's different. But actually, the role of marketing in developing a strategy I think it's the same in both. You've done that mm-hmm. strategy before mm-hmm. you've done the implementation. And do you think that's made a difference in the results of the work that you've done? I think so. It's something that we not fight about, but it's it's a constant discussion because when you're not delivering leads, of course, it's like, okay, what can we do now? What can we implement now? And it's hard to stick to your guns and not be distracted by those short-term, trying to figure out some short-term ROI, being able to like hold firm on, on the plan you wanted to deliver, I think it has quite a big impact. 
And when it comes to results, because you mentioned, you know, ROI and, of course, you know, CFOs who want to know that every penny they spend is delivering a return on investment. I mean, what metrics are you looking at and have these changed from when you were in B2C? Do you look at different metrics now? On the kind of brand side of things, similar awareness and understanding of what we do in our brand. Um, We focus more on kind of lead generation now, which is, I guess, different to the B2C side of things and things like deal cycle length, how long that's taking, if we can shorten that. I mean, that's one thing that's really different in B2B as well is the sales cycle. So the average sales cycle in B2B is six to nine months. But I know plenty of B2B that are dealing with even longer than that, mm-hmm. where in B2C, you know, it's it's instant. <laughs> it's instant. It's, it's, I feel like a coffee. I'll go to Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps even a bigger purchase item. You know, you might think about it for maybe a month. Mm-hmm. So that sales cycle is very different. How have you found marketing with different sales cycles? It is tough. The stamina to kind of keep going and keep plugging away. And I remember reading that only about 5% of your audience is in market, which means that the rest, you just have to keep. They hear about you. You have an initial conversation. You just have to keep them warm. And I think that is, again, where the communication with the sales team becomes really, really important because you have to be like, yeah, well, they're interested. You've started the conversation, but they're not ready to buy right now. So we're keeping them, you know, keeping front of mind, keeping top of mind, or equally, if they are interested, it's keeping that sales conversations, but you have to also keep serving them content, serving them information so that they are still thinking about you and not just the person you're dealing with, but all the stakeholders that are also involved in the buying decision. And that's what I think is so much more complex than the B2C world. Because if you're buying, you know, a shirt from Pretty Little Thing, it's just you making the purchase. Whereas B2B, it's like you have to influence the whole household to agree to buy this one t-shirt. And the stakes are a lot higher as well, because if you buy a t-shirt that sits in the back of your closet, it's not a big deal. If you buy a piece of software uh, and it doesn't work, um, you know, you could potentially lose your job. So in the B2B environment, you know, the emotions of Mm. the fear of making a bad decision or, you know, the potential loss or the risk is a lot greater than in the B2C, I would say. How have you how have you found how you talk to an audience, how you support an audience different from B2C to B2B? Well, I think that's interesting talking about emotion. It used to be this kind of belief that B2B decisions were made completely rationally, like you get a cost sheet, there's procurement involved, it's based on that. But that's completely removing the personal motivations and personal emotions of the person who's buying. You have to have the rational and you have to have that information that they can take because that's what they're always going to take to their boss and be like, look, I've done this side by side and I think that blah, blah, blah. They're always going to need the rational justification. But the emotional is probably what leads them to make the decision. So bringing that into communications and using more emotive language and creating content that appeals to that part of the brain um, has become more important than ever. Because we often make decisions based on emotions rather than just the facts, rather than just the logic. You know, there's a constant battle between what you call like your elephant and your monkey going on in your brain. And the elephant is emotionally driven. You know, it's impulse driven. It's harder to control. And they've got monkeys on their back. 
that are trying to be more rational. And there's constantly this battle between the two, and it's really difficult. But as marketers, I think we almost need to understand the psychology Mm. and be able to tap into it. Completely. And I think that your rational brain can't actually make decisions, and that part of your brain can't actually make decisions. It can justify the decisions that you've made, but it's always the emotional side that makes the decision. So being able to tap into that and understanding psychology, it's definitely not in the traditional like skill set of a B2B marketer, but that's changing so much. And, and I'm glad it's changing because it's just going to help us be more effective. Has there anything that surprised you about the transition from B2C to B2B marketing? I actually heard this podcast from 20VC. One of the guys asked, so why do all the bad people work in B2B marketing? And the response from the guest was, it's because all the money's in sales. And I think that is the attitude when you don't work in it. You just think, marketing just doesn't have an impact. But actually, I think that it's exciting what you can do in B2B and how much impact you can have. Because as you said before, it's such high stakes making a decision in the B2B world. It's your career, it's your job, it's your personal reputation. It's so such high stakes versus buying a top that if you don't like, you just shove to the back of your you know, shop and you've lost 20 pounds. Not that much of a big deal. But in a B2B world, my CFO still talks about that. And I hope he doesn't listen to this, but <laughs> he still talks about um, when we first started, he bought this HR software, which was just so difficult to use. And he still, like, he was kept saying, this was the worst decision I've made. It's just so bad. And that's like, that's something that he goes on about. That's had such an impact on him and his job and everyday work. Fortunately, we're not the kind of company that would persecute somebody for that. But it really stuck with him because he made a bad decision on some software he chose. What do you think about personal branding and like the social media tactics that are used in B2B compared to B2C? I think that your people are an extension of your brand. And I really do think that and getting out there and showing the expertise that you have is really, really important. I think that's, yeah, really important. And I would really encourage all leadership teams to make sure that they have a presence and make sure that they're talking about the right things and meeting the right people and being in the right places, because that is what personifies your brand and you are the embodiment of the brand. So I think it's really, really important. B2C uses influencers obviously really well, and it's a huge growing industry. Um, But there are influencers in the B2B space as well. And I think leverage them and tapping into their network and their brain power, et cetera, is really important. So finding them and using them better is, I think, something we don't necessarily do it that well at Doddle, um, but it's something that I think we're kind of a bit late to the party on and should be doing better. Yeah. I mean, I think personal branding is how you stop being a faceless tech Mm. company and start being a company that people believe in and can invest in and have that like emotional connection with. So you can create these emotional connections Mm. that cause people to feel things, very deep things, without ever having actually met them, which is which is incredible. People don't realize is it's not like you do one post on LinkedIn and next minute it's going viral. It's like a constant, regular, consistent approach. You have to know what you stand for. It's like branding a company. You have to know what you stand for. You have to talk about the same thing all the time, know your area, know your niche, and it won't happen overnight. And I think it's the stamina, having the stamina to keep going. I think that's definitely what people struggle with. 
what what advice would you have to a marketer thinking about how to diversify their marketing mix and make sure that they are working across that funnel? First, you have to create the funnel. When I say that, it sounds a bit like lame, really, because obviously you need to. But going through the process of understanding the funnel, I think, helps you identify where you need to kind of focus. And understanding what your brand stands for helps you create that kind of top of the funnel piece and that brand layer that helps you kind of move through. I mean, we've done things like content audits, understanding where our different content sits within the funnel. We continue to work on our value proposition and how the big picture fits into the little picture. So my advice would be (laughs) just start off with the basics and understanding what your funnel is and how people go through that kind of buying journey and what message you need to tell them along the way from attracting their interest and the top of the funnel stuff through to like converting them and helping them understand what their product is. So understanding that buying journey and then kind of mapping it against what you need to say at each point in the journey, I think is kind of how we would approach that. So before we wrap up today, I guess my last question is going to be, you know, what advice would you give somebody who's starting this journey of transitioning their brand from a B2C to B2B or even the other way around? If you're starting out in your career and it's your kind of first early days into marketing, just try and learn as much as possible. Get face-to-face with as many people as possible, absorb information, understand what's going on. Managing the transition, I think it's just like understand what's core of your brand and what you can take forward into your, say, B2B space and what you need to kind of leave behind to do the evolution. Help your business, take the time to help your business understand what you do, what value you can bring, how that's going to impact the bottom line, how that's going to help grow the company and grow the business. Don't rush into just doing the doing straight away. Take time to build a solid structure at the bottom and understand what your brand's about and what your business is about and just go back to the basics of building a marketing strategy and stick with it. Thank you to Kitty for joining me today on Tech Marketers Uncork. You can find out more about Kitty by following her on LinkedIn. Hopefully, you've picked up some growth marketing strategies. And if you're tempted by a bottle of our favorite white, there's a link in the show notes. As always, I'm your host, Catherine Strachan, CEO of Coffeehouse, an award-winning B2B content marketing agency for fast-growing fintech and technology brands. If you're looking for a place to pick up the best marketing insights in 2023, our specialist at Coffeehouse got you covered. From B2B marketing in the metaverse to the perfect SEO to maximize your brand exposure, you'll find just what you need to bolster your own marketing strategies at coffeehouse.io. The link's in the show notes. Tech Marketers Uncork is produced by Fascinate Productions. See you next time.